0: There, sailor. Yes, I'm on you.
1: Do you yearn for high seas adventure and piratical mayhem? At the roll of a d20. Yes, yes, yes. I'll just
2: toss you. you, shit. you. Very sassy. <laughs> No, I drink beer and I fart in my sleep.
3: <laughs> now that i got your attention with sex, you know
0: to
4: welcome to my pub, the Wizard's Sleeve. <laughs> ah, it's still a
1: cow. That I'm gonna <laughs> get in a bag. Do you know just bigger is? <laughs>
5: Don't put gold in your ass. <laughs>
1: uh, that's not um, the catchphrase we were looking
3: for. It is one that we often use. <laughs> though
5: Enough
6: though. about where you keep your secret stuff. It's
5: not right. in my anus. Stop it. Then <laughs> 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 sign your name in blood.
0: I mean, join the Rovers and your crew on their adventures every
1: Wednesday, wherever you find podcasts. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the After Party, a house party rager for our characters to take a break from the adventuring life while me and the rest of our inc- incredible players record a podcast one room over from said rager. My name is Tanner Azanero, and while I could be in the upstairs bedroom getting rocked to sleep, getting sung a lullaby by Arthur's Genie, I'm stuck here at the table recording this podcast.
3: My name is Tyler Dran, and while I could be in the other room with Arthur, um, taking shots and discussing music business while he plays the piano, um, Ooh, with his newfound powers back, with his newfound—well, old found—old found, old found yes. talent returned. I am instead in here recording this podcast. My
6: name is Zach Senzel, and while I could be trying to shake everyone's hand with Creech so they understand the breadth of my knowledge, <laughs> I instead am recording this podcast.
4: Hey, I'm Nathan Augustine, and while I could be in the car with Toxin and Tomford on the way to go get Taco Bell. Oh my God. I'm stuck in this room recording a oh, podcast. Alliteration. Who's driving. Uh huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds uh, like the
4: worst car ride of my life. Yep. Yeah. So maybe it's better to be in here. <laughs> Uh, this is David Sergius
2: and while I could be helping Roman out as Aaron and Santa Claus try to convince him to come play football with them, uh, I am stuck here in this room, one room over. <laughs> uh, my name is David Beeman, and while I could
5: be helping Hugh frantically look for Lamentary. <laughs>
3: um, he's Liz, in the car. Liz Liz he's he's in the back of seat of the car. <laughs> he's <a> the <what>? one driving.
5: Commentary <laughs> is,
0: is Taco Bell.
5: Commentary. <laughs> Has anyone seen Lamentry? Lamentry, <laughs> he's got his gun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's firing it out the window. Oh my Holy god. Shit.
1: <laughs> all, I don't like
0: it. that the party keeps getting bigger that now there's a neighborhood that we have to think about. <laughs> yeah. and time driving time around, around and
2: blasting. blasting Kid cutting. <laughs> Day and night, When are we gonna do a
4: one shot that is the after oh party? Oh uh, Don't put this in the episode because oh uh, we, we get to pick one of any of the characters that we've ever played. No, yes. we get to
2: jump th- between all
4: of our
3: characters. I that
2: sounds we would like to participate. In that, that sounds one. crazy, but I feel
0: like we have, have to play best. ourselves yeah. and make classes for ourselves oh. and go against our characters. Oh, and no. shit like that. that's pretty cool. Anyway, I'm here recording this podcast. <laughs>
1: Yes, very good.
0: Good energy for tonight. So welcome to the second after party of the chapter of Iris. I feel like I have a lot of explaining to do myself for the point that we are at um, in this podcast. Um, if you're listening to this, uh, you also can kind of get caught up with our bathroom breaks on our Patreon that are more like kind of every other episode. We record a shorter after party type discussion about the past two episodes in more detail. Um, so tonight we're going to kind of be talking about the campaign as a whole up to this point, and especially the last uh, few moments of last episode and what took place in the last two episodes.
5: Um to start, I do have a question for the DM. Mm-hmm. Um, have you absolutely lost your mind?
0: Oh, yeah, I absolutely have. What are you in, what are you referencing? That was just my question. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> all of it. Yes, all of it. Yes, I yeah, all have. of it. What an um,
6: insane arc. Like, so for context for anyone listening, the first episode of Chapter of Iris is now public mm-hmm. at the time of us recording. Yes. What a simple Lore filled, but nice episode where we just like waltz around and it's all great. Mm -hmm. And now look where we are. Like, what a jump from episode one to episode 16. Like, Mm -hmm. that's insane. It's cool to me how what you just said
5: is a direct parallel to Evergreen right yeah. Yeah. that's like that's at least how i felt like yep. once we got like evergreen was 16 what, episodes no, you know? <laughs> well, well, well i was gonna say once we got like towards the end or like three quarters or wherever in evergreen like i couldn't handle how far everything had come and how chaotic mm-hmm. everything had gotten since like the very first episode so it's cool to see how now where we're at it's like everything is just ramping up even
2: further evergreen was so simple
0: <laughs> so simple in, in regards yeah. to like it, it felt so yeah. complex it was, lot, it, was more, it
2: was a lot more localized thinking about it, it
0: as one big campaign like mm-hmm. evergreen was so like you had no information
3: we didn't leave the
6: starting town yeah and now we have discovered this entire huge sandbox of yep. the world
3: yep Yep. evergreen was also like very clean cut this is good this is bad this is yeah. childhood and how you reason with good and bad and now with chapter virus you guys are all like there's a lot of gray and i don't know yeah. which is the right gray yeah. uh, Absolutely. and we might all be colorblind s- we
6: all see different shades of gray in it oh, like we all see thing. different levels of like what's mm-hmm. okay what's not okay and where we go from there and it's caused a lot of really
5: interesting disagreements yes. amongst us, I think. One Oh, yeah, yes. I, I think so too. That's I think, I think there's point. more coming. It's like the, <laughs> yeah. the, the depth of the character development, like continues to develop and it's really, really fun to, to watch and be a part of.
0: Um, before I kind of get into some things that I feel like I need to address, um, as the writer here, because I feel like we've gotten to a point in Iris where a lot of larger themes and larger set pieces have been revealed, um, that have a lot of parallels to the real world that I feel like I need to touch on. Um, but before that, kind of bouncing off of what Beeman just said, one of the most important things that I think caught you guys off guard real hard from episode 15 was the hallway Puzzle, quote unquote. I had questions about this. I'll I let you, continue, I but I, you guys. I, I do yeah. want to. talk That was kind of it. I just kind of wanted to open up that discussion about that. Um, in fact, I'll open up my session notes so I can remember the questions yeah, cool. exactly.
6: Yeah, because like I, I was not in the range of the spell of the genie that like that affected my charisma score, um, and so it never really came into play, play for me. But I had seven out of a possible eight, so I like that seven. would have uh, and it affected the me mechanics
0: that much. of it. Just so you know. The every answer, uh, yes to that was an answer that had to do with being more certain of yourself mm-hmm. or more charismatic in that regard in, in a kind of a general term of being charismatic. Oh. So the more you had to give, the more the genie got to take. Dang. That was essentially it. That's, that's yeah.
5: That's so fascinating.
0: Um, the it's, questions again, were: I feel confident and it was yes or no to these. I feel confident in the allies around me. I stand firmly behind the decisions I've made recently. I am stronger and smarter than my enemies
3: and I love myself that was like perfect for Arthur given the fact that like essentially as he was a bard, like losing his talent kind of relates to that charisma mm-hmm. that he no longer had because yep. he answered no to every single one. Yep. So mm. his score wasn't affected. Mechanically it didn't do much, mm-hmm. but like, but mentally I wanted, I was trying to come up with puzzles cause,
0: cause it was like the most classic dungeon that we've done in Iris for sure. Um, and I came up with the, uh, the combat that you guys avoided, um, uh, with the musical instruments. And then I was like, I feel like I need one other thing. I know the episode might go longer by introducing one other thing, but I feel like I need something that stops them in their tracks. And then I, I don't know how I came up with it, but I was like. I need them to get very introspective out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. like very fast. Um, And I feel like it scared you guys. Yeah, it did. It was very
4: like unknowing, like what was happening. mm -hmm. We didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, Oh, we're in the same room again. Yep. Oh, we're in the same room again. Right. It's just like, but it was super introspective and, uh being introspective is scary mm-hmm.
6: yeah and like first pers- like for zach i thought like oh this is gonna be some sort of maze we're gonna have to fight a bunch of creatures we're gonna have to do a bunch of puzzles we're gonna have to avoid a bunch of traps and then at the end of it when it's like we went through two rooms <laughs> like yeah. i was like um what like i was thinking about like you know what spells do i have that can break this but it was like skip a combat meet what we later learned was the genie Mm -hmm. and then answer the introspective questions, which I think brought us closer together as a group. Um, and led Arthur to be like, you know, led us to trust him more, which made the reveal that like, he had this genie that was doing nefarious things even harder because we had been so open and honest in his
3: presence. I think without that, it would not have been the same for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, our interaction, I feel like you guys would have turned against me. Arthur's that. story absolutely arc true. was
0: yep. perfect.
3: Yeah. Like, Dude, the way yeah. it wrapped and everything it was mm-hmm. wonderful. i was so happy
0: was that it got to... Yes. Yeah. Did that anybody
5: else good? ask themselves those questions, like, in your Ugh. head and answer them? Because I definitely Jeez. did. Yeah.
6: I was trying to get into the mind of Kirtland as much as possible, but, like, later on, yeah. No,
5: like, you start asking these questions, and, like, it took me a second to, like... Pointed at Hugh because you're asking these questions. And for yep. me as a person, I'm like, mm, yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, i, I
5: it,
0: writing them also. And I think that um, I've had conversations briefly about this with uh, the Davids, um, but I think that moment there of those questions is the first glimpse unfiltered by all the crazy plot stuff that has happened the first glimpse of the true like overarching meaning and and emotional like Mm. reason for the chapter of Iris that introspective sense of self and sense of self-worth is the big thing that at the end of the day with all this stuff going on, what are the things that, and thoughts that you lie awake with and feel about yourself going through an insane, crazy life as an adult that you cannot control?
6: I think it would have been interesting. I I like that we all got to go through together and then discuss kind of after each one. I think it would have been really interesting for our characters to have to go through those one by one. Um, I think it would have been even more interesting if we had to answer that where us as players were the only person in the room and you kicked us all out like when you talked to Tyler yeah, separately oh, yeah. i think that would have really elicited the truest answer cuz like there were definitely times where i was like okay i have to like when you when you ask a question like you just have to be truthful like go with your gut in an actual play like this, you have to first go through the lens of, all right, I'm getting off of myself and I'm going to my character. Mm-hmm. What does my character feel in my gut? Which like obviously your own feelings and thoughts are going to play into that. But that to shift it into that lens, I think that would have been so interesting had we done that one, one-on-one or like had been sent those questions separately and just had to write yeah. them down before yeah, answering. Yeah, totally
0: true. And especially the sense of feeling alone at the table too is also a totally different vibe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. also totally different vibe yeah
6: awesome. I, i've done that once in my history as a dm where i was like all right i'm sending everyone to the basement except one person yep. and it just creates this just like tension and like and no one knows what's going on it's yep. such a powerful tool especially because it should be used in absolute moderation like it doesn't yeah, need to happen every 100%. time it kind of can lose its feel um but i i think that would that it's just, it's so
3: interesting. Yeah. 100%. I was also curious if you had anything planned, if any of us had lied about what we thought when going through those doors, or if it was just going to be nothing, no matter what. I think that I, I had the
0: genie encourage you guys to be truthful also because for, I, I wanted your characters to, I wanted you to actually have your characters actually think about the answers. Um, um, but if you tried to lie, I probably would have had whatever the truthful answer in terms of the mechanics be what took place. Ooh. Um, mm. <clears throat> uh, like if you said yes, but it was a no, I would have been like write down a one instead of a two, mm. um, something like that. Uh, they're pretty
4: broad and open questions, though. so i I, I know like what was interesting no to me to you, but I don't know if you would have known. If uh, you lied. I think I think I would have asked you to tell the truth. I think you I
0: think you all guys also as players would have been like, my character is trying to lie right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. um to also just for the uh, part of the game to mm-hmm. feel like that's what you guys how you guys would have played it. Um, I thought it was very interesting your interpretations of the questions because I definitely thought they were more broad. Uh, surrounding the events of the campaign as a whole when I asked them but I didn't want to intervene on your characters interpretations of them either so that's why when you guys were like I think they're just talking about right now I was like "That if that's how they're going to answer that's a- truthful to their answer
6: mm-hmm. I think yeah. it also was interesting to see how everyone like pictured the question like I know and you were saying like in this past five minutes as yeah. of recent Am I Secure in My Choices versus like since we've been here versus entire lifetime and like how we each interpreted that and then kind of through our meta talking as as players, like figuring out how we each answered that question shaped how I thought about questions moving yeah. forward. Like after cause like we answered the first two questions and then had a discussion, I think. Yep, yeah. Yep.
0: Once you started to realize what the pattern of mm. what was about to happen was for sure. Um, and you also, one thing that I do think was valuable about doing it all as a group was your characters got to see where your friends yes. were in mm. that, like a real fucking friend group would mm-hmm. in terms of those introspective self love self. I was going to uh, say that
5: that last yeah. question was revealing. Yes. hundred
0: mm-hmm. percent mm-hmm. and important and integral to your brotherhood also yes yeah
3: did Um, anyone answer differently than you expected Ooh, that's a a great question i don't know if i had
0: (laughs) i don't know if i had expectations um especially for the last question i don't know if i had expectations for anybody um i think i surprised myself most with steel with how um self-assured he was putting myself in his shoes actually um because he answered yes to a lot of uh, to almost mm-hmm. all of them except for one
6: um, especially with like how downtrodden he had been in that after moment, 100%. yeah after um the tomato
0: queen was yes yeah um because he was going through a rough time and he yes. still didn't get to expand on that too too much um, but Steele was like having a a bad moment, like
4: the first bad moment that you'd seen well, him have. I think that's like his uh, Achilles heel, for like a wor- uh, lack of a better word for it. Like his greatest blunder is that failure he had with Clohane, yeah, killing him. Yep, and he had to live in a sword forever. He like literally like purgatory. Yep, and mm-hmm. to come back and then almost immediately fail again, especially yeah. at something that he's supposed to be good at. Uh, That's that the would, whole that shield mess. thing. Yeah, That's with Romans
0: you. thing. Yeah. That's Knox's thing. That's Steele's thing. Is I have to fucking protect.
4: Yeah, and failing at the one thing you're supposed to be good at is so jarring. Even too. even though he isn't the one that failed, he did his part. Yeah,
6: and it was just I mean the luck of the dice. Yes. Like yeah, but still that the survivor's guilt. The yep. you know. I had the opportunity to save someone and wasn't able to do it. Guilt is immense. Yeah.
0: Jumping off of that, um, art shield and the role of protector. We now have gotten to a point in the story where all of our characters are aware of Roman's dreams. Um, how are we feeling about the, continuing story happening within Roman's little head. It's terrifying
6: for one. Yes, absolutely. The most unsettling things that have Yeah, yeah. I hate centipedes.
0: (laughs) They're pretty... Mother and father are pretty gross.
6: Yeah. And it just opens so many questions and like, I think that Kurt and Zach obviously think about it very differently, where Kurt is more like let's like yes this is information yes this is good information yes this is helpful information um but also this is really scary information that a friend is getting um rather than like zach who is piecing together like okay we in theory maybe know who this is we in theory maybe know like what this kind of stems to we maybe, especially now that Kurt knows about the um, Nexus thing, the the Necroverse, the Necroverse. Especially now that Kurt has learned about the Necroverse, like ugh,
0: theories upon theories. That was quite the information uh, piece of information that you got that I
6: wasn't ready for you to
5: have. Right, <laughs> yeah, at that point, what I'm anxious to figure out is why Roman's being singled out. Why is Roman getting these dreams? Well, it's because I wanted a dungeon. Yes. Yeah, it's because oh, of the dungeon oh, okay.
6: card. Yeah. yeah it's the fallout of the cards, yeah. which, like, last after party we did was a, like the cards was the end of it. So, like, we've had a lot of things happen since then.
4: I'll no, go ahead. No, you speak. Oh, um, I was going to say the cards are what episode was the cards? That was
0: uh, seven and seven eight and eight.
4: 7 Seven. <laughs> They've played such so, a big I'll, Yeah, part I was about so to say far. they uh, are the catalyst for so many things that have happened and so many things that are still going to happen that I am still terrified about. Because I know we still have the Vizier card. Yep. Which is a huge deal. Um the Flames card is still a thing. There's a whole bunch of stuff that yeah. hasn't happened yet and I'm afraid. Well it's just hard to believe honestly
5: that all those draws were random. Just like the way that everything is well, fleshed mm-hmm. out. And like if, if the dreams are a result of like that random card just happening to be pulled, then had that card never been pulled, like it's reasonable it's to think story. that this whole and entire thing wouldn't have even been. Well, a what's gang.
2: wild about it is one, I refuse to believe that the whole Necroverse thing wasn't already a thing in Tanner's brain that is involved with some character that is related to all of this. I refuse Audience, to believe he's it smiling. that smiling. But <laughs> what a lovely but but
0: revealing way.
2: But the one part, the part that's question that's I'm being curious about, about that <laughs> is uh I I pulled dungeon card, and then I got brought back from dungeon. Mm -hmm. Two things that Tanner couldn't have seen coming. Yeah. That sequence of events would have been nearly impossible to predict. What if that, what if one, I hadn't come back from dungeon, and if I hadn't even pulled dungeon in the first place, we wouldn't have the dreams.
0: My original thinking for the second arc of Iris, which was way different than my original plan, was that one of you guys would be gone. I figured that one of you would have pulled dungeon or one of you would have pulled void. And the second arc of Iris would have been you working with Arthur to try and get someone back.
4: I mean, the odds are in your favor in that way. There's, I mean, there's yep. like a handful of cards, but truthfully, like you're more than likely going to pull something at least bad. Mm-hmm. And so, we had to pull half the deck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and also, yeah, but that was also random because we did mm-hmm. that roll before. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. D six and a yes. D four. And getting 12 is so asinine because like it was just like of course we rolled like the average like Mm -hmm. we're just we had to end up pulling at least like half the deck yeah and with that like yeah something bad's gonna happen so that would make sense for you to write it that way but for us to kind of 180 that yeah is also kind of crazy because that's just also unlikely and
0: jumping into arthur real quick first off i can't believe we haven't done this yet and had a moment yet but Fucking Tyler, well, fucking done, Tyler
4: Dran. What a what
0: a way, what a fucking like level of of play and and character creation to set for the first like Frozen Fables guest. Like kudos to you, Um, Tyler. Came up with the idea of. Uh, music uh, warlock who steals people's talent oh, um, to try and from
4: get, the NBA players, uh, <laughs> but like
6: that's such like the it is hard to kind of like I it can, it can be hard to jump into a campaign as like a guest because it's like you are very much reliant on like all right the DM and these players have already been telling a story I need to play some sort of an integral part of that especially on a podcast like this. And you saw some of the ramifications of that where, like, you kind of sat here for a couple different sessions not doing much or interacting a little bit. Or, like, we us going to the bathroom without you because like, we've been <laughs> seated to yeah, not trust anyone.
3: That was really mean. I'm sorry.
6: Um, <laughs> But, like, you played that so well and created such a perfect character for it that, like, you know, we all were so mad at you but also had this like understanding and pity that you weren't necessarily doing it. And then like it was, all right, we got to save him to help ourselves. But also like this guy doesn't deserve this, like trying to show you the way that you can do it and you figuring that out. And so to come on and like play this and like, yeah, there were a couple times where you'd be like, Hey Tanner, what's the answer to this question? Which is like the perfect response. Like it was so fun to have another person at the table.
3: Yeah, I had a lot of fun too. I specifically made this character with the intent of it being a 50-50 chance whether he lives or gets killed by you guys. (laughs) Straight up, I... The
0: fact that Arthur's story played out the way that it did, like wrapped pretty in a bow is crazy because the odds of you succeeding were real fucking slim. Yeah. Like real slim, man. Like crazy. The things that you, especially in world, the fact that you were surrounded by a bunch of fucking arch beings and actively against an arch being. And caught up in the middle of the willowa situation. like the fact that you got away unscathed is fucking bananas, <laughs> crazy. Put me in a barrel, shake me around bonkers. Like, fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like,
6: <What>? like <laughs> put me right wow, in a barrel. Wow, he's serious, folks. Tanner,
3: yeah. Tanner, like, gave me the premise of Chapter of Virus and asked if I wanted to be a guest before you guys even had your first session, I think.
1: Dang. He kind
3: of said, like, I kind of want you to be a guest, but I'm going to keep it from them. Like, it's been in the works for, like, since you guys yep. finished Evergreen. Yep. He kind of gave me the hint before the even episode came out on the private feed of, like, hey, um, you got you're gonna we're gonna be in nashville i did a little tidbit at the very end i was like oh okay and he's like i want you to make a character to like do a guest on it and yep. i was like yeah so i literally from nothing was like okay i guess i'm thinking nashville and I'm, we're probably gonna do a lot of stereotypes so i said i'm gonna do a music business
1: guy
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it was so great to like dive into the music aspect of the mm-hmm. of the nashville setting too because i i i that was a part where i was like i'm not sure if i'm gonna get to that like kind of stereotypical aspect of the nashville story
6: especially because Bo being the most like successful best the arch being of music yeah like he's part of that industry but he's this upper echelon of it yeah where you guys are so stuck
0: in the politics of it too it's like tough to get out of the like crazy parts Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. it and step away to that more side so it was a it was a perfect avenue it also served my desires of the second arc of the story uh, purposefully being like I want my players to have no fucking clue what is going on you have succeeded mm. my friend thank you yeah. very much yeah. I, I like purposefully and when Tyler gave me the idea of a character who was like against bow like that yeah. was your idea I was like fucking yes this is perfect I wanted you to be this weird wrench in the middle of of Fractured trust on all fronts. Shades of
3: Grey. Like everything Shades of Grey. Arthur didn't do a ton of combat because for one thing, at first he wanted to hide that he was a warlock. So I did like low level bard spells. For people listening, like (laughs) Arthur had one level of bard and the rest were warlock levels. So anytime I was fighting with them, like I was like, I can role play this and that. They're arch beings and I'm not, I'm not a good musician, but I think I am kind (laughs) of thing. Like it all kind of worked out. It so I thought it could, like, disguise it good enough. But, like, off mic, these guys would tell me, like, you're not a bard. Like, you're something. Like, David <laughs> actually, David Sturgis called called it out and was like, I think he might be a warlock. Which <laughs> I was surprised because Tanner himself has said, like, warlocks don't exist in his world. Like They're so, like, they are, like, not a thing. So when you p- suggested
0: a warlock, I was like, fucking yes. <laughs> yes. Because uh, they're just, like... It's because deities aren't a thing. Right. It makes things like patrons, like, also this weird, super rare thing to happen. So it, it it it's just not a world that makes sense to have these uber mm-hmm. powerful things floating around until you get to that like upper level like you guys are starting to be like I think I've said this off mic too like arch beings like you got can you. can we guys be are patrons like, you guys I mean you probably could you guys are like the gods <laughs> of the world it is That's it is nuts. you now that you are coming to this last arc of Iris like you guys are the fucking like upper echelon. So is, what you're telling us is God is one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but that's like your power scale in terms of the world. Yeah. It is you guys as the most powerful people to walk. Which Earth. is
6: crazy to me because like if to transition a little bit into the fight with Willowa, like he's much more seasoned, obviously much more tenured in this, even though he's not part of the council being an arch being like, this man his first roll to hit was like a 30
0: yep you also like, were in his lair that right, was, a, yeah, big, yeah, yeah, was yeah. a big part of the mechanics of all the arch beings where in um, their favored space yes 100 yeah. percent. they basically become bosses so do the arch beings if we're arch beings do we get layers technically Ooh. technically if you guys were to like set up a layer like hugh if you I find say your hugh perfect spot say, for your home your and throat? someone like comes to fuck around in it you could just fucking destroy oh my people. gosh. Could Lamentry be my lair action? Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: <laughs>
3: absolutely.
2: Could Lamentry be your lair? Uh, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: you, you, whatever. Lamentry can do a lot.
3: The lair action with Lamentry is called When Life Gives
0: You Limits. I was going to say <laughs> my, my plan for when you were up in the sky because I was like, Hugh's going to be like, how the fuck do I cast nature spells up in the sky? And I was literally going to be like, you have Lamentry. Like Lamentry was gonna turn into whatever like ground or earth you needed. Like that was gonna be my like. and uh, if only and I was, uh, he, that creative.
5: Instead, no. he <laughs> summoned
1: six. Oh, yeah, no,
0: sixteen wolves. You're not creative. Fucking sixteen goddamn wolves! I had to fucking deal with <laughs> I mean, with thirty re- three hit points so each. Much me
5: being creative, I kind of showed up that day, and I'm like, you know, I want to ruin Tanner's day. <laughs>
6: I also thought that, but then he was so powerful and charmed and we couldn't do anything about it until like the very end when we figured it out, which I also love a complicated fight where like, it's not just let me throw as much damage as possible. Let me do what, like, just try and hack and slash. It was. We need to figure out how to break this because we learned that he was charmed, mm-hmm. and then it felt like an impossible situation because, like, you couldn't counterspell it. You couldn't yep. dominate person because the spell's level was too low. And then to learn that we had to spell magic, which like
4: utility spells for the win. Yeah, um, I like at this point Oliver has maybe like two damage spells, and the rest of his spells are either utility or like. Buff and nerf spells. That's because you have a gun.
2: I have an executioner sword.
4: <laughs> so yeah.
0: Um, anything that came to your guys' minds to bring up for discussion?
4: I want to praise Tyler one more time. Um, for his self banishment.
1: Oh yeah. my um, god, oh, <laughs> oh, Tyler! Yeah,
4: that was so baller. I there. Are, I, I don't know. I feel like that goes in my most baller moments i've had in D, like that oh, I, no i think that is such a cool yep. use of it like yes. i don't think anyone would think to banish themselves from something like because that sounds horrible but it was the perfect thing for you yeah. in that moment and it made your ending that much better and i think that was a really intelligent D play and a really creative and fun one as well
0: And
3: and had so much meaning Mm -hmm. to the, Mm -hmm. like, God
0: fucking, like, perfect play,
3: like, man, like, fuck. I feel like as a guest character, like, I'm like, I have nothing to lose. I can do anything. If this character (laughs) dies, I have no investment. That,
4: That is kind of the best part about guesting in something, because... If you know this is your last session, you can kind of go balls Just to the wall. Hit, hit yeah. the self destruct button. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, seriously. If you, you hear that,
6: future guests of Foes and Fables, <laughs> fuck
4: shit up. <laughs> up. If you're comfortable with like your We're character talking like, to
3: you Murph. crashing and burning, Emily like, Axford. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Wow, calling them out. I'm doing it for you. Please ruin our games. (laughs) Absolutely. Redacted. (laughs) No, they're real people.
0: people. I I, I do (laughs) want to work with them. Yeah, they can
6: ruin (laughs) our game (laughs)
5: anytime. Bradley Cooper, please. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Dolly <laughs> Don't Parton you love Bradley Dolly, Dolly yeah. Parton? Yeah. Little Wayne Dolly Parton would love to play a warlock. Dolly? <laughs> she would.
4: LeBron her, James, get Dolly on here. Her patron Dolly Parton is her patron.
3: But it was also like <laughs> I, I, I did have patron. investment though as Arthur, so it was like I wanted to go all out, but I was also like I'm gonna be really sad if he dies, and I was so glad because like half of. His spells, I need you guys to know, were designed to fight the party. (laughs) Like, this was how certain I was that he could be in combat with you guys. But it just so happened that the way, like, Tanner told the story and the way the rolls went, that, like arthur ended up being seen as more of an ally which was great for me because i did want the happy ending for him but i was fully prepared for it to be some like twist where you guys had to kill arthur
6: we were also concerned with both a the genie at first because that's the one that fucked shut up and b willowah attempting to kill us so like i know kurt was definitely in the like hey if you've got a way to save yourself great and we'll give you some ideas but like we don't have time to fight you right now. Like, no offense to Arthur. We just, like, Genie's in our way. Genie just fucks shit up. Great. And then you got a way to get the Genie off the battlefield. So, we're like, Great. We can deal with the arch being in front of us now.
3: Arthur saw the main quest and said, nah, let's go somewhere else.
6: <laughs> Something else that I thought was kind of interesting
5: is, like, you and Bo didn't really get along. No. And we, as far as we knew, kind of got along with Bo. And so that kind of eh. put you on the outs. <laughs> But as time went on, we were kind of not sure if we trusted Bo all the way. Mm -hmm. So at least for me, that kind of like brought the whole dynamic into question of like, okay, like Arthur and Bo don't get along. We're not sure anymore whether or not we get along with Bo. So now we really don't know where we stand with Arthur. But that bonding experience in the maze
6: just kind of added a lot of context, I think, to that. Plus, we mm-hmm. like Tyler and we hate
1: Tanner.
2: Yeah. Roman was in a very different place. He was about one turn away from turning on Arthur, and then Arthur vanished into the genie <laughs> bottle, and I was like, well, in that case, he's not relevant, but I was one turn away from turning on Arthur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also,
3: like, Tanner gave me the heads up that you guys are going to get information about Bo to make you guys distrust him. Like, I knew that, like, yeah. many episodes in advance.
0: I had, to give, I had to give Tyler a little bit of a heads up of, like, there's things that are going to be to your benefit because otherwise yeah, Tyler was fighting a losing battle. Tyler yes. was yeah. already fighting a losing battle. <laughs> yeah. Like, you again, guys really mean to me <laughs> <laughs> again, like just such a crazy situation for you to come out on top with like Seriously. so much going on. Um, but bringing, bringing up kind of the changing in dynamics and everything, I think is actually a great jumping off point to moving towards speculation, things to come and all that kind of leading into the last couple moments of oh episode 16 and all the revelations. I, so.
6: the, the, the actual vote itself was so intense where it was just like, it starts off with Creech because it always starts with Creech. And I, I was so disappointed to hear abstain, but I also was like, this makes sense. Like, you know, we had one interaction. He's not going to change his whole vote. He's got to represent a whole region. He's got his own stuff he's gone, whatever. From
4: Ohio. Exactly. And then, like, <laughs> we, we are agreeable.
6: We already kind of knew that Atlas and um, Erratus were both going to vote for. And that Rowanna was going to vote against. And so obviously we voted against two and two comes down to the chapter of Iris, obviously Robert and Knox doing their thing, steal with us. And then there was the really pivotal moment that like Tanner kind of set us up for is like, is Bo who he says he is? Can we trust him? And he says no. And so we're like, great. Like, what does this stalemate mean? Like, what does a tie mean? and then suddenly like willow out of nowhere after we just like talked to him and we're like, listen, we saved you. We got you out of this thing. You don't owe us anything, but like if you could just do this one thing, it's going to benefit you because we learned from Arthur that that's like his biggest fear is higher, which was insane, huge, huge boost for your
0: guys's success. in that. so,
6: so for him to come in and us have this moment at the table of like, yes, we did it. We got what we wanted. And then things still just escalating where it was just like we like in character, we obviously had to be kind of like pretty cordial. We could so- quietly celebrate, but like we're not just going to like laugh our asses off in front of Hiram's face. Like we have at least some respect for him and especially verge and then for it to just immediately be interrupted by the uh, police bummer. woman coming in and just saying, I'm sorry. And then things fucking exploding.
2: I want to focus more on the vote before the bomb first, Yeah, because I I went on this long-winded rant to beam in, and Tanner was there, and Tanner just kind of stood silently, but next to us as I was going on this long-winded rant. Uh, Listeners, Uh, it's true. That did happen. So if you've played the game Secret (laughs) Hitler or Werewolf or Mafia, there are times where it is advantageous to vote no, even when you want to vote yes. And I think that's what Bo did because he had the math. At that point, he knew the math. He was like, if I vote yes, they get on the council. If I vote no, it's a tie. Bo didn't would never have guessed Willow was going to come through. Yeah. I think Bo said no just to continue to feed into chaos and uncertainty in regards to everyone else on the council. I mean, I and think. I also just still don't trust.
6: I know yeah, that's the thing is I think you have fully dug into the seed that Tanner has planted into the earth of well, because so that's Roman, right? Yeah, <laughs> you and Roman both have been like, we can't trust Bo. You've been given some evidence from the person who like has connected with you most to cement that. And so and you're kind of like trying to convince us and we're like semi convinced especially after what just happened at Willowwas and with Arthur and it was this whole thing but there's still this like taste in at least in my mouth where it's like I still can't trust Knox because of the public versus private face. I still can't trust the evidence that was pre- presented especially because that was the private face that Knox showed us and like because the armada is literally just going to do whatever Knox says. Like, it's just, it, it, it leads to this weird dynamic where Knox just gets two votes. Um, and so like, again, Kirtland doesn't know who to trust, but he is going to continue in his path of radical honesty and getting all the truth out there. Cause that's how
2: he thinks this council is going to change. I, it's funny too, because I think the only thing that has changed Roman's mind the entire time and somewhat in contrast to the party, it looks like, is the dreams, which Mm. are now in play. Because your whole thing of radical honesty, Roman has not been honest. He has now revealed he has not been honest for days. Right. Uh, And he is fully convinced that Knox is not the boy, Mm. uh, just because he's seen the boy. And he's like, cool, I know I can trust Knox, who hopefully has the police department against whatever is coming, because that's Roman's endgame right now, is protecting against whatever the hell that is but also the
6: police are the first
2: is the first is, one who came in the door and blew oh, things and that's going to play quite out I'm literally, literally.
6: Yes, that's who that's i'm sure is going to play thing out
5: thing is like on the other end if the police are in cahoots with hiram Ellis in this whole situation i mean that's the thing is like you know building a religious oligarchy you need a military mm-hmm. you know if is it- hiram Ellis has the police force that could that could be important. or at least part of the police force part, Yeah, part of the police force that's what i was gonna say and so like wow I, especially
6: that, you know. because our characters have only known about the dreams recently and what zach knows about how tanner has talked about happenings how it's like mm-hmm. these multiversal layers that are kind of all on top of each other that it's like things can exist in different happenings that's in theory where you went to and now kurt's knowledge of this like necro necroverse
0: necroverse yeah yeah.
6: necroverse like he's convinced that that could happen or it could be an alternate thing or maybe they're colliding um but again he doesn't know enough yet and still doesn't trust Hiram Mm -hmm. that it's like okay Bo has shown now both of his faces to us while we have this understanding that he maybe can't be trusted slash has the ability to make sure we trust him and Knox is doing his his two faces as well is that he's learned that like most people that he's interacted at least on that council are where it's like Aratus has been pretty clear is like i want to see like this is what i expect of you guys to get on the council this is what i want to offer you to help you now that you are on the council like this is the reasons i think that like that i'm gonna vote so he's been great about honesty Atlas has just kind of been there. Like he Mm -hmm. hasn't really said much to us, but he also hasn't like said much to us. So he hasn't given us the information, but we know where he stands. And Rowanna has been great because we've actually fostered a relationship in like learning and this, like we're both kind of the younger side of this council and want to help each other.
5: (sighs) Oh, it's very complex. Yes. There's nothing really simple about it.
0: Um, the next he bathroom. was a boy she was a girl can <laughs> i make it any more obvious um the next bathroom break that we do it's funny <laughs> bathroom. bathroom break uh, on our patreon it's funny because i almost postponed this after party for two more episodes jeez then the next bathroom break that we going to do that we're going to do is going to be a lot of Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, like a lot of answers. A lot of Damn. answers coming your way. More like tancers. T- <laughs> 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 Jesus fucking Christ. Wow. I think the podcast was
3: bad even for me. Itself it's tancer as, as an arrow. It's tancer as an arrow. It's Tanser's flying disc. Uh, <laughs> throw
2: Throw Roman into the Necroverse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming.
0: <laughs> um there's a lot, there's a lot of answers coming. Um, so our, our next bathroom break is going to be like after party adjacent oh, in terms of like things to discuss.
5: Gosh, I've never been so excited for a bathroom. Break.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm holding it now. Uh, the Patreon is worth it. That's what i Um, uh, there's a couple of things now I want to address at at this point in, um, the story. I have gotten a lot more heavy handed with the parallels to actual things that have taken place in real life, reflecting mm-hmm. in the story here. Uh, I don't want a political discussion. That is not the fucking point of this show. Um, and I'm sure that uh, depending on the popularity of this campaign and these episodes as they come out, that there's a lot of people who probably dislike the uh, story elements of this campaign and how they reflect real world, which is why I feel like I have some explaining to do. The reason that I, I'm going to widen even further. I had this conversation briefly with the Davids the other day when we were hanging out. I, um, the David, the David and me, <laughs> <laughs> I talked about evergreen, um, and kind of its origins and something that I don't necessarily feel super comfortable talking about directly on the podcast, but something that I don't think I've made absolutely clear We've I've talked about before how Evergreen was a reflection of, you know, my uh, coming of age story and, and growing up in Spokane. I've never, I don't think, fully explained how specific the Evergreen like plot line actually is to how I how what my life was like leaving Spokane. Um it like very direct plot points in Evergreen are just straight up like inspired by pulled from my own experience
5: oh okay yeah um is that why we're in nashville uh, is that why the cha- <laughs> no that's a yeah, that, that, mean, is yeah. A, that is a genuine question is that why the chapter of I, like is that why this campaign too is in nashville is this like the continuation of your personal life story that was what i was about to say nashville? yeah
0: 100 now tanner is Tomiford confirmed now <laughs> now with the chapter of Iris, I'm going to be, I'm going to say same, same exact thing. And with evergreen being a coming of age story, Iris is a story about finding yourself as an individual and relating to yourself and how you feel like your sense of self as a, as an adult person. And a lot of that for me was, extremely formative between the years of 2020 and 2022, where a lot of fucking stuff happened and a lot of stuff that happens in the campaign and in the story are not things that I felt. Yes, for sure they are, but a lot of plot points and things that happened for anyone who is upset by anything, they happened. These things unequivocally factually, happened and it is less about casting blame or painting in the real world any kind of side as bad um obviously i took things into a way more religious route because it is a story reflecting my um own personal uh uh, journey through my relationship to faith and all that here in this story Um, and again, it is not about choosing a quote unquote, a side of the aisle or anything like that. I don't give a fuck about that. I give a fuck about the fact that our age group and, uh, for, for specifically just because as a part of this age group, from my perspective, our country has gone through so much traumatic shit and so much. Weird bullshit where you can scroll down fucking Twitter and see people storming the fucking capital and then see a meme about it and then see uh, uh, officers uh, police officers getting fucking tackled and taken to the ground and then see another fucking meme about people inside the Capitol. real hard fucking core traumatic shit happened to us as a country as a people and regardless of anybody's side of whatever the fuck this story is about those people. Not, it's not about those people that that part of this story, that aspect of driving the narrative forward is about the people who fucking hurt. Not only this country, but also the emotions and the and the pride and the sense of self of everybody inside of this fucking country by becoming so openly fucking violent, hands down, fucking factual. There is a violent group of people who did that in this country. I don't give a fuck about affiliations. It's not about that. It is about the fact that that fucking happened. And yes, a part of this campaign being that it is my sense of self as an adult projecting it into this story and leaning really hard into my own experience to be able to tell this story is my sense of self based on the awful fucking shit that we have had to deal with in the past couple of years. So I felt I needed to address that. Um, uh, people are still going to be mad as they always are, no matter what, um, it, again, I don't care about affiliations or anything like that. It is about experiencing a a life where these things, these news clips, everything that I've put in the campaign are direct fucking quotes of shit that has actually been said, done, and took place.
6: Yeah, people in the real world hate the chapter of Evergreen.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I definitely understand, um, like... How do I word this? The nature of the potential controversy, yes, I think is the way that I would mm-hmm. word it. But something that you said that, like I really connected with is you see all these, yes, traumatic things, which, as a young person growing up, it's really strange to be brought into this world. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. like between the years honestly of like two thousand and eight up until now, mm-hmm. it has just been unmitigated chaos Mm -hmm. at least that's what it feels like i Mm -hmm. mean you know limited perspective sure but the thing that i think is is kind of interesting is what you said about you're scrolling through twitter you see these crazy wild things happening and the post below it is a meme Mm -hmm. about it and then you read about something else super traumatic happening you know it's you know Tens of millions of people dying from COVID, and then mm-hmm. there's a meme about the lockdown.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, and the just, like, whole it, time you're just sitting at home, working on your computer at your normal job,
0: with nothing you can do about
2: it. No,
5: but well, well, so actually, that's kind of where I was going with this. Is it's like, okay, you know, people are you know making jokes about it to cope with it. I feel like I'm in this campaign and playing D and D to cope with it and, think, yeah. and, and, and like well for real i mean like i i've talked to you privately before tanner and maybe mentioned it on like after parties and stuff about how it felt to me like the story of evergreen was you sort of reclaiming spokane 100 like telling telling a better narrative than the one that you had for yourself i sort of feel this way now it's like with all this crazy stuff that's happening in the real world to have this sort of reflection of it and be able to play the hero, yeah, you know, like for me to be put into this world and, and like, I don't know, like, Me personally, I guess it's like a savior complex or whatever, but like I've always wanted to be a superhero. Mm -hmm. Like, even now, it's like given the opportunity and it would never happen. But Mm -hmm. if someone, if freaking Samuel L. Jackson showed up at my door tomorrow (laughs) and was like, Do you want to be a superhero? I'd be like, Yes, like sign me up. Like, even as an adult now, I would do it. So, to be able to, I don't know, I guess reclaim Mm -hmm. all of that trauma and all the things currently happening now and be able to sort of like fantasize about you know not being helpless you know about actually being able to do something about it at least for me it's cathartic and and it's it's been really helpful i mean playing D was a great distraction through all of covid shout yep. out to zach Stenzel. um i started playing D with him um i think literally like in the middle of the lockdown um Yeah, Uh, I we
4: started right before it. I think I Mm, I
6: did a
5: one
4: a Christmas one shot with him. That was my first time playing. Yeah, you were home at one point, and I was like, "Come to my
6: come to my house and play this." So it was pre pandemic. But I remember being in my house alone.
5: Like I don't know. A lot of people experienced the lockdown with like roommates, spouses, whatever. I was completely alone. Mm -hmm. I was in my house by myself for six weeks, and I did not leave. And Playing D&D with you, Zach, I swear to God, kept me from losing my mind. Like, it kept me sane. But that was a really long-winded rant. But no. no. Basically, like, the connection there is, for me personally, like, I mean, I can say for me personally, like, all the parallels are challenging mm-hmm. as a player even to, like, navigate that. But as a person, as a human being, it's cathartic and helpful and
0: sort of helps me wrap my brain around and, and process... All of it I and I think you touched on the part that I didn't even touch on for my own self of writing the story of the selfish aspect of it of this this is for me mm. and this yep. is the the story part of of telling it here is the artistic reflection of my feelings in that regard and absolutely reclaiming that you know part of the story and the parts that mm. Uh, feel out of control and all that and being introspective about it for me as a person mm-hmm. um, telling this and that is the purpose not to make any kind of statement but to process and reclaim well this
5: is art yeah and the only reason why i really really want to hammer that down is like a lot of people don't think of D this way but all the stuff you've written like these stories everything tanner like it mm-hmm. is art yep. yes yep. and it is personal and it's a reflection of yourself yeah, more so than it ever could be a statement. and it's I don't just,
0: let me let me say for the audience, I don't say yes to like pat myself on the back in agreement, but i I did music before I did the podcast. um and i I treat d and d the same way. Yeah. And when I stopped doing music, d and d became that
1: mm-hmm. new
0: artistic expression of telling this story and why i I will never tell a campaign mini campaign. Or not. Even our our stupid fucking Christmas <laughs> campaign that was just it wasn't l- stupid. It was laughing. Awesome. Well, no, I mean, you know what I mean. Just laughs the entire time. That doesn't have some big overarching emotional expression yeah. at the Comedy top of movies. all of Shout it. Out yeah. um. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shout I, out Flodisius. Um
6: yes. I wanna Sonic
3: p- the Hedgehog who also has <laughs> capitalism. Give me a chili.
0: <laughs> uh,
6: I do want to put my therapist hat on for a second. <laughs> oh please do. um I was gonna say that's, that's
4: yeah, such a I big mean, hat. <laughs> How did you get that really through the door? Real. I Dude, went that is that is a thirty apartment.
6: gallon <laughs> hat
1: do you, do you do it do you are wear you that with your clients
6: dimidone? this is the, the magic dinner, of a dimidone. master's degree
5: <laughs>
2: oh, he can no.
6: fold things eight times
2: That's, okay tyler's so gonna have that is, soon your hat
5: is big enough Tyler, are hold... they gonna give you a hat your, your hat's <laughs> yeah. big enough to hold all that student
6: debt <laughs> oh my goodness oh no. it's lopsided swaying around okay
1: sorry
6: <laughs> Therapy hat on there is a therapy. I do not know a ton about it. I'm not trained in it would love to someday called narrative therapy. And it is about reclaiming your story, reclaiming the things that have happened to you, putting it through the perspective of a narrative and not just letting it be these factual things is it is a chronological story with themes and ebbs and flows. And literally that's what we are doing Mm -hmm. Is, is, is we are collectively telling this story in a way that we get to influence in a way that is not just like we go here we go here I hit here we go like we are interacting it with it with our emotions with our logic with everything and the game of D&D for so many people can be so many things and that's why I love it it can be it can be an escape from reality it can be let me just go into this fantasy world where it seems more black and white and I just get to kill dragons in a dungeon like and that's awesome and i love playing dnd like that or you get to play in ones that are more similar to the real world where there are implications and it is a a, a deep-seated story with emotions and themes and character development like we're going through here and there's also i mean a different form of D. there there's ones where it is role-playing the real world and you know there are therapeutic dungeon masters, is what they're called, and they they go through and can tell healing stories or work with people on the ASD um, autism spectrum to role play what a real life scenario would be like and to talk about how they can you know go about that in a successful way or a failed way and and everything in between and, and the fact that it's not just. It's extra cathartic and extra awesome that like Tanner, you can sit down and write this and tell it from your perspective. And we all get to pour our perspectives in as well. We get to sit here at a table, looking each other in the eyes while making character decisions based on the things that are happening in this story that we have some idea about because it's a real world setting because we live in the city of Nashville and because we remember experiences like this and, yeah. and, and there is something to say about how those cope with humor, those who cope with whatever, and to be able to retell this narrative and reclaim it and to be able to do so together, not just from our own point of view, but to be able to do so as a group as David and Nathan stare at each other and make googly eyes. Um, we were absolutely googly eyes at each other. No, but like we get listening. to do that. I know you have. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I, I did not claim you weren't. That was just a wonderful moment. Um, to be able to reclaim this together is something special because we are, are putting this out there for others to listen to, whether they agree with the things, like Tanner said, their events, they happened. And this is a retelling of our perspective of that happening or what we could have done differently. If, if this was a magical world or just interacting it where it wasn't just, I'm sitting on my couch watching this happen. Like I'm interacting with things and it's just, it's so cool. It is one of the many, many, many reasons that I love D and D as a medium because collaborative storytelling, um, a good friend of mine, shout out Randy, Stories all the way down. Everything boils down to stories and storytelling. And this is one of the more positive and connected ways that I've found to do so. I haven't read a book in years. Sorry to all my professors. <laughs> like, I, But I can sit down and listen to 20 different campaigns because the idea of people telling a story together, some with more knowledge, others like the players without it, is so unique and so awesome.
0: I've, I've said this before many times, and I've had this um, kind of belief about life for many years, um, but you kind of touched on it, Zach, of the fact that I can go so fucking niche to my experience and perspective on things that have happened to me in terms of writing this and that we all can find, even if, if not the whole thing, but just moments to latch on to and go, I relate to that through such and such. Um, I've always held the belief that every single human being on the planet has experiences unique to them that no other human being on the planet could ever uh, could, you know, maybe relate to, but never one for one. know another person fully as much as someone, you know, knows their own story and experiences themselves. hundred percent. That's what makes us unique. What makes us the same. I'm just throwing a number out there, but what makes us the same is the fact that there's like eleven emotions. There's there's such a finite. Yes, I challenge that. But
4: there's yeah. a lot I'm more than that. Yeah, I would say there's a lot I'm, more. I'm going to go
5: ahead and say Tanner, you're wrong. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm <laughs> throwing the like, challenge like, flag. I know you're throwing the number. That's why Tanner. number. Roll for deception my insight against my insight go 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 um
0: that's why i said that's why i said i'm just throwing out a number Mm -hmm. what i more mean is that i think while the it is a spectrum of emotions for sure that human beings can feel i think that spectrum of emotions is the same across every human being. Maybe every person doesn't hit every corner of every spectrum, but the way that I have I've gone through life, Zach's going to tell me some real. Well, this is like a really fascinating that, conversation starter. Th- <laughs> <laughs> that makes me uh, change my entire perspective on life. But I feel like we all can relate to the way that all of our different experiences that no one else could know make us each feel and that feeling and emotions towards the things that happen to us in life are what make us connected as humans. If you're capable I'm, of that I'm then. probably being too broad about it. Exactly. I'm I'm
6: I'm just gonna yeah. a brief Liam moment, yes, and um I, I think that there is such a wide spectrum of emotion and people describe emotions differently. I think oftentimes it comes down to perception and language. Um, One that I think of just off the top of my head is schadenfreude. There is no English word for that, Mm -hmm. but that is a a collective feeling that people understand. Um, There are also, you know, complex or secondary emotions where it's like, you know, I may be feeling angry, but what is, what is the emotion under that? Right. Or, Uh, the ways that I have the language to describe a certain emotion based off of my experiences versus someone else who may struggle to describe emotions in one way or another. I hear where you're coming from, and I absolutely agree that Mm -hmm. that is our ability to share in those, whether or not we feel the exact same way, whether or not we describe the emotion. Maybe I feel scared where someone feels nervous, and the small intricacies in that may not matter, but our ability to relate and understand each other to a, a basic level is yeah, I and the, and the
5: understanding thing is is complicated in its own right where in my opinion language despite it being a means of communication sometimes isn't quite complicated enough or not complicated but like sufficient thank you to like express stuff on that spectrum of emotions absolutely to tie this back to D D being art I'm a big believer, personally, in music uh, is a language. It's this universal language that we all speak. Some people know it better than others. Um, some people are more practiced in it. But I, I think art, in general, can be a language used to express emotions in a way that words can't.
4: No matter what language you speak, you can communicate through art. Someone can grab anything from art. Exactly. And, and yeah. No. It's, it's-
5: and so if if, like... These stories that you're writing and that we're writing together, you know, we view that as art. It's just another, I guess it is verbal, but when you like break it down to something deeper, Mm -hmm. I think it is another form of like nonverbal connection between people that all have a very wide
0: spectrum of emotions. Uh, yes. As much as D&D is verbal, it brings that experience to life of right. that thing happening in places. Because what it's
6: doing moment. is not only are you listening to the words you're following along in your own imagination. I, I, all six of us here at this table, when we, when Tanner describes something, we all picture that in our mind, but we picture it differently. Yep. My, my th- The way I like to explain it is If I were to say, like, picture a waterfall, you guys would all picture a different waterfall because that's based off of your own experiences that you've seen in life. Even if you've only seen pictures of waterfall, you may like notice that versus like if you visited a waterfall and the way that you have to try and describe that to someone, like when I say waterfall, what are you seeing? What are you describing? And um, my ability to verbally describe to you what the picture of a waterfall in my head looks like falls short every single time. And it shows that there are so many different forms of communication.
0: And to piggyback off of, off of your, uh, information on top of that statement that i made i think i think i'm more am uh, uh not to a, a, uh uh i don't want to say a wrong okay. thing and i appreciate zach's zach's knowledge on this Dang. um what i what i think i meant bet to better explain it is more those big umbrella emotions are yes. the things that are core basic us emotions yeah. yes and the experiences are are different for everybody of one thing makes me scared another makes you nervous six core emotions
6: some differ I want to say yes. Okay.
0: I don't want to I want to say yes with a question mark.
6: Uh, gotcha.
5: Okay, cuz I'm doing DBT right now nice. and I think I was taught there are six.
6: Depending on what theorists and different therapy modalities, um it can venture six as a solid number. So. Yeah,
3: my undergrad communication studies uh, you guys condensed like three or four of my classes into like a 10-minute conversation. <laughs> All of y'all said everything was like spot on. Like Many ways of communicating, many different emotions, definitely some core ones with a bunch of variety in between. Mm
4: -hmm. It's a tree, man. There's there's the base ones, and then you can have uh, like 10 under each of those, and then each of those have like 10 more under those. Like there are hundreds Mm -hmm. and hundreds of ways to describe how you're feeling, and sometimes it literally just relies on your vocabulary yeah which is insane Uh, if you just know more words you might just be better at describing how you feel about something
2: yeah i've often i can't remember where this analogy came from but it's an issue of transcription versus translation is the way we used to say it Mm. because transcription is your body is a collection of cells and chemicals that create a lived consciousness that we still don't understand nerd as far as i know and that is now <laughs> expressed in life
4: i could have shouted nerd at any of you i was gonna say year. shut 100%. the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it's only called nerd police anyway
2: i was gonna say we're a psychology podcast now
5: uh <laughs> no we're not <laughs> no. actually now we're just a podcast but
2: <laughs> that's, true. that's true but yeah and it was this whole idea of like you know transcription would be i can lay out the exact like biology, and everyone would understand that perfectly because that's what your body actually speaks. But sadly, we can't do that. And Mm -hmm. so it's an issue of translation, of figuring out how to express things. That's why I think art hits a deeper level because it doesn't it's not trying to directly communicate something. It is forcing you to sit in in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And for you to almost translate it to yourself. yourself. Yes, Yes. Yes. absolutely. That's the thing about the
5: translation uh, thing. I really like that because translation goes both ways. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? You're trying to translate yourself from inside to out. And, like, everything that we experience, this is going to get a little too heady, but everything that we experience in life that is directed at us or that we passively experience, all that is just information that is decoded, processed, and translated by our brains. Mm-hmm. And however that translation works, however your brain is wired, that is your reality. Yes. Like, perception is indeed yes. reality. The way you interpret everything around you, to you, is the the real world like Mm -hmm. this is the whole like like everyone else in the world is just a figment of my imagination it's just (laughs) projections of my subconscious like Mm -hmm. the whole solipsism thing it's like it's not true but it's also not 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 true true. (laughs) (laughs) Life
2: is a
6: collection of half-known stories yeah i i want to hit on a brief thing that nathan said i really like his tree example of what emotions are like um in the work that i do we often use an emotion wheel Where we start at the very center with like six emotions and from there you branch out and from there you branch out what that does is it it, is it links in someone's brain that at the base emotion I can go further or at the complicated emotion I can go simpler. And so what that can do is describing an emotion seeing it there paired with other things allows someone to better understand the vocabulary and to create that vocabulary for themselves and, and, and to be able to figure out what those links are to figure out, you know, how do I truly experience this emotion? So yeah.
3: repeat things back to people too, what mm-hmm. you understood.
0: Um, I think this is the most out in space that we are conversations.
5: <laughs> are really, and and no, yeah. Right oh, I was going to say, I was going to say this, core, we are a podcast, podcast
3: yeah. so. Speaking yeah. of translation, you guys can all speak Ohioan, and not everyone can. Okay. <laughs> Actually,
6: no, no. Here's
2: segue. Tanner, question. Yeah, that uh, was a great. We have that a couple awesome. more questions. Not long, but a couple more. This is more your uh, this is your lived experience. What did Ohio do to you? <laughs> <The
1: memes. laughs> hey, straight <laughs> oh, straight up, straight up, fucking up. No,
0: fucking up. Just the memes made me do it for the uh-huh. Ohio Here, thing. You heard yeah. it first,
5: folks. The memes made me do been it. I went to
0: Ohio. <laughs> I had a great fucking time. Was that when you were on tour? No, it was not when I was on tour. Zach, Tanner went on tour up. in LA. Um, um, Got <laughs> in other places. That's why it's a tour. Um, I'm sorry. We're
2: talking about Ohio are right there now. Any <laughs> other questions?
0: Uh, speculations of things back uh, bringing it back to the story as we close out here with a couple uh, a couple minutes left. You guys
3: should definitely speak in Ohio instead of in your heads now.
2: <laughs> really freak people oh my out. gosh that's, that's such a good that's idea a weirdly a good idea decently yeah. except Nox, we're, we're Nox Nox would understand. Understand.
6: and we don't know if anyone else on the council does yeah, not oh, we should just sure. in ohio and see what we, happens we don't know yeah that's true here's a question is, if reacts. i speak in ohioan and like try and reach out to someone can i pass on that knowledge or does only creech and company have that
0: Ability. Ooh, think, fascinating. I think it has to be gifted by an okay. Ohioan. Got it. Cool, cool, cool. That's the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever
1: saying. They hit you with the fucking <laughs> cheese touch <laughs> and you just get Ohioan. <laughs> <laughs> You've <laughs> got to
2: eat the corn of the corn festival. <laughs>
6: Listeners, Man. if you've made it this far and heard us talk about the campaign and then talk about life and then talk about the cheese touch Yo, of Ohio, fuck. then you're a real one. That's a That's spell. Me. We need
2: to make the cheese That's touch me. of Ohio. I'll do it. I, I really, I also, I just, just like want to,
6: I want to, I want to <laughs> shout out everyone who has listened so far. This is, oh my, God, truly oh my God. A, a dream come true for us to be able to do this, to be able to, you know, immortalize this in a sense that we'll be able to listen back and that other people can sit here. and and enjoy or disagree or agree or just like support us in any way and so everyone who listens friends people we haven't met yet like other podcasts tyler Tyler. specifically (laughs) tyler um (laughs) just thank you because like we get to do what we love and other people get to see that and yep. there's something you know special about that
0: and, and, and that's art on our socials and everything we make new friends literally every single day and every single day i i'm looking at our analytics and everything and someone is like starting evergreen like every day that is really nice. it that's is nice. it is such a like man i don't even i don't even know what to say but for real if if you've made it this far and if our campaigns mean anything to you, even if it's as simple as this is nice while I sweep my kitchen, this is very nice. Like whatever, whatever small place in your life that you have allowed us into. Thank you. Um, It means the world to us. Mm -hmm. uh, and, And we're just so grateful to be able to, enjoy our time together as friends and do this really selfishly for us mm-hmm. and the fact that other people you know in, enjoy it too um,
6: I
4: say i don't care if anyone else listens i don't care the yeah, fact um, that we um,
0: have these to I go love back that people to do, but
6: and I'm gonna fact, listen to this 20 years from now and just remember the good times yeah. like I had with friends. I listen to this
0: all
2: time. I listen to us. I go back and listen all the time. Oh, uh, we're the only podcast I listen to. <laughs> all right. It's well, thanks so everybody so much about for me. listening. <laughs> thanks to
0: Future Us when we listen to this for the hundredth time. Hey, uh, does anybody want to shout anything out on our way out of here? I just hope Lementary's okay. She's <laughs> he, fine. <laughs> I
1: got, <laughs> hey,
3: I got everybody's Cinnamon Bites. Everybody. Yeah. Back, yeah, we're back. back Did you pay for those or did you use the gun?
4: (laughs) (laughs) What is also has a gun paying?
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, no. i love this gun um, please okay. tell me tomifer didn't take Can the site
4: please peek out the window for uh police
6: lights um <laughs> listen i'm gonna shout <laughs> out for oh,
3: oh. it oh did Knox come to crash the party uh no police lights I mean, okay actually. good i oh, want to shout guy, out what's, what's nox no, doing Because
2: that that would have ended the after party i think nox right? is at the okay. grill oh, i think nox oh, is at the yes. grill is oh, oh, the grill dad grill master absolutely kiss the cook apron oh my
6: gosh he's got bigger he has big raymond
5: <laughs> in in the after party universe, are, like Arthur and Bo, are they still enemies, or are they like jamming right now?
3: Ooh, that's a good
5: question. I they are, that like, up he, to like, you. Arthur's
3: at the piano. Is Bo like on the guitar? Are you guys like playing like like. I don't think so. Arthur and Bo haven't had an interaction yet Ooh. since everything happened. Yes, I feel like
2: Bo's sitting in the corner going, I'm the arch-melodic. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
4: but in my mind, this is my headcanon, in my mind, <laughs> there is a place that is outside time and space that is the after-party pocket dimension. Totally. yeah, Where it's like a suburb with a bunch of houses i've I've always pictured it like a house party like yep. in a suburb i pictured yep. it at our old house i pictured that's, an an that's crazy that's incredible and amazing um <laughs> it's it's outside time and space so like only foes and fables characters are there and no one can like enter or exit like it's some weird yes. version of purgatory yep, you're totally. absolutely like, like it's, it's, yeah. and, and like
6: and as I we like make new character. characters like the subdivision just keeps growing
4: yeah but but it's <laughs> at the same time it's the same yeah. It it can't grow
0: yeah. or shrink. No, it feels like a flat like like a flat piece of an asteroid or something
4: where if you drive too mm. far past the houses you'll fall. It's off like a snow globe. globe. Oh, I was going to say an airport,
3: It's like
1: snow <laughs> <global> <laughs> Every
3: time a new house appears, it's everyone has always believed that that house has existed that's forever. That's the thing. Like at, like time I, that's why I keep emphasizing
6: outside of yeah. time and space. There's no All these time, characters there's that there's we, we will eventually space. play are already there. So, we just yes. haven't introduced You've them heard yeah. it here
5: first yes. in this pocket dimension, There is Taco
4: Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Taco Bell is an absolute in time. We can never escape it. Uh, All right. Thanks, everybody, for
1: listening. Um,
0: Last thing on our way out, Tyler, thank you once again. One more time. What a fucking story for Arthur here. We thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next week for the beginning of the final arc of the chapter of Iris. In the midst of insurrection and in the midst of uncertainty. Good night, everybody. See ya.